Greetings, everyone. I hope you're having a great 2001. I had to think for a second there, sorry. And I apologize again for being so tardy and not keeping up with this uh, podcast. And I thank y'all for stanking around and still listening and waiting patiently. Now, I've already done the Holy Grail, and right now it's about a week before Halloween. And I know everyone's doing, talking about Halloween, showing Halloween movies and whatever like that. So, I wanted to go away from that a little bit and talk about a movie that is very dear to me. Um, The movie Iron Man. The very first one. Um, Before I get into it, um, the reason why it's dear to me is because it was one of the last few movies me and my father saw together before he passed. Um, My dad really didn't care about it at first. Um, It was pretty much a deal I made with him. I told him if he would go see Iron Man with me, I would go see that last Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull with him, because he was an Indiana Jones fan. That's the kind of movies he liked. And he he got the better deal. <laughs> I got the short end of the, of the stick. Because... If you like the movie of Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, that's fine, but oh my god, to me that was a dumpster fire. And the Crystal Skull is actually real. The story of it is not that they used in the movie, but the Crystal Skull is technically real. Uh, A real thing. But anyway, that's a story for another time. Um... But yeah, the Iron Man movie, oh my god. Robert Downey Jr. was the greatest person to play this thing. I've always liked Robert Downey Jr. I mean, heart and souls back in his younger years. um, A side henchman, what do you want to call it, for the uh, weird science movie. uh, All the other stuff. I mean, he was a great actor, always has been, always will be, and, and everything. The technology of it, the CGI, the costume, everything. Oh my God, it was just the best superhero movie so far of that time, and pretty close to it now. And whoever takes up the mantle of Iron Man or Iron Heart or Iron whatever they plan to do with it, has got some mighty big. Shoes to feel and a lot of people to turn to them. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, Iron Man was, like I said, a great movie. Um, I'm sure all of y'all have seen it. It was this. It was the first movie I want to say, but this. It was the first movie with. with an Avenger, about an Avenger, but it wasn't the first, of course, superhero movie. And it wasn't, he wasn't the first Avenger, and everyone knows that. Uh, 
but the stuff that it took place, there's like a hundred and something things behind the scenes stuff I could go on and on and on about, but I'm not. There are things I will touch on, and I just watched the movie last night uh, to... They chose the right person for that. They chose the right person for the villain. Um, it got a little confusing with the Ten Rings and Jeff Bridges. He was an awesome actor and everything else. But anyway, um, the the director. Everyone knows who the director is. He's done a lot of movies since then. He's done a lot of those movies. Uh, Avengers. Excuse me. Avengers. And he's also done the Mandalorian movies. And some of the other Disney Plus movies coming out. He's still sticking with the Mandalorian movies. He's still doing Avenger movies. And I love that he's directing these Avenger movies. And put and he put himself in the movies as Happy. And Happy is like one of my favorite side characters of all of them. Next to Stanley. It's like Stanley and Happy. Okay. But uh, the director felt that Robert Downey Jr. was the perfect person for this part. Because of Robert Downey Jr.'s past. He stated that the best and worst moments of Robert's life have been in the public eye. He had to fight an inner balance to overcome obstacles that went far beyond his career. And that was pretty much Tony Stark, which is true. Um, Robert brings a depth that goes beyond the comic book character. It's pretty much him living his life. Again, but in an orange suit, probably having trouble in high school or can't get the girl he also felt Downey could make Stark a likable excuse my language asshole forgive me for that don't come at me it's what he said but also depict an authentic emotional journey once he won over the audience which I think all of us can agree he definitely did I don't think anyone else that they could have chose, which they did have other people, and I'll get to them eventually, lined up to and asked to take this part besides Tom, uh, Robert Downey. This, here's the fun part. You know that the Thor Ragnarok was, majority of that movie was all ad-lib. They just let him go at it. You know, let him have full range and and everything. This is pretty much the same thing. Don't Iron Man was still being written as it was being filmed. The script was not completely finished when filming began. I have never heard of that until you know I've heard of it some, but it's kind of like Spaceballs. We're filming it while we're doing it. You know what I'm saying? We're in the now. Now that was then. This is now. Now. We just passed it, you know, kind of thing. And everything. So, they were more focused on the story. The, the writers were more interested in the story and the action. So, the dialogue was mostly ad lib throughout the filming. Director felt that 
It made the film more natural. Robert Downey would ask for many takes of just one scene. He wanted to try, he would say he wanted to try something. And Robert Williams was the same way. God rest his soul. He was the same way. He was like, real quick, like I said in the last video, last podcast, train of thought derails, but it comes back on the tracks eventually. Robin Williams had so much fun with his part, especially in Mrs. Doubtfire, that there is enough film of him for them to have made a G, a PG, a rated R, and beyond. He had that much fun with it. He was that much of an ad-libber. That was so much. They just kept rolling. They were like, we don't know what he's going to do. Go at it. And same thing with, with um, Aladdin. Anytime he was a, with a genie. They would just let him go at it, and several bits of it fell off, you know, got cut, whatever, of the audio. But, um, he, and, but Gwyneth Peltro had a hard time matching Robert's energy and everything else, which is not surprising. He is just, he's just out there, you know. Um, oh! The very end of the movie. Uh, spoiler alert, if for some reason you haven't seen this movie. Um, at the very end of the movie, when he's having the press conference or whatever, and he's like, uh, yeah, I, um, I, am under, I am Iron Man. That was ad-libbed. That was not the line the produce that they had planned, but the producers thought that it was a great idea, so they kept it in. They thought that with this one line that he ad libbed, there would be no point in having a secret identities, except for Spider-Man. There was no point in anyone having a secret identity. Everyone would be open to who they are, and. Especially when I found out Thor had an alter ego. I never knew Thor had an alter ego, okay? And luckily, we never found out about this alter ego. But, yeah. But Spider-Man is the only one that ever kept his alter ego a secret or whatever, his real self, till recently. <laughs> but, um... Jeff Bridges, while we're on the subject of scripts... Jeff Bridges is a perfectionist, apparently. He's used to having a script, learning his lines, and having them down like that. You know, knowing where to go, where to stand, where to be, and and what to say, how to say it, and everything else. That's the way he works. This was totally off kilter for him. He was so totally lost. Um... He was uh, he felt totally uncomfortable without having a script or having rehearsals. I can't even I do community theater in my town, or I used to do it a lot more than I do now. I I can't see that happening. I mean, I would get yelled at, or I would be so confused if I didn't know where I was going, or you know, crazy. Um, he oh he's always prepared, like I said. He knew his lines 100%, but this movie helped him learn how to just have fun with it and just relax. So, 
Um, another thing about Jeff Bridges and his character, it was his decision. It was his decision to shave his head and grow a beard. He always wanted to, and he thought this would be the perfect time. Um, the Iron Man suit, that awesome suit, the Mark, the Mark One, the entire suit was a 450 piece plus piece suit. Oh my God, I. I could no, 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 mm-mm. no moss, as my, as Miss Jepsy would say, no, mm-mm. Because I've talked to ninja people that played Ninja Turtles back in the '90s. Their suit was like a hundred and something, hundred and fifty, almost two to three hundred pounds, dry. And they were drenched in sweat on the inside, so you can just imagine. But a 400-something piece armor? No. That That's just crazy. Props to him. That's all I gotta say. Uh, also, uh, in an interview with the British Empire magazine, Robert Downey Jr. thanked Burger King for helping him get straight edge, get off the drugs in 2003 with a color with a with a with a car full of drugs with a car full of drugs back in 2003 he had a burger that was so disgusting it made him rethink his entire life this is a car full of drugs. Just think what kind of car Robert Downey Jr. would drive back in 2003 and fill that up with all kinds of paraphernalia. So, this burger was so disgusting, he re- it made him rethink where he was in his life, drive down to the beach, and dumped all those drugs every single one of them into the ocean I give him props and that had all I can say is two things one that had to be the most dis- how bad can a burger be to make you go from I love drugs I want them I need them and everything else to you know what I think I'm going to get rid of these drugs. I think I'm going to clean up my head. Yeah. No more drugs for me. Plus the fact that... How do you think the fish and all them were felt when the drugs got into the ocean and dissolved and got into whatever? You know, those had to be some very high and very happy and also depressed fish. Um, and you know, in the scene when Pepper Potts goes downstairs in the very beginning after he's had the date with the uh, news reporter, 
and he's working on a car on a hot rod. That hot rod literally belonged to the to the director. That was a real hot rod, and it literally re- belonged to the director. He was so. I don't know if he was really working on it or looking like he was working on it or if he knew what the heck he was doing. But yeah, I would hope so for the kind of car it was, let alone it being the boss's car. Um, and if you go back and watch the movie an hour and 50 minutes in, just before the final press conference, Tony is reading the newspaper with a grainy image, image, amateur photo of Iron Man on the cover of the paper. That is a real image of his Iron Man that appeared, that was leaked by fans hiding in a bush somewhere near the set and took that picture and posted it on the internet. And somehow they found out about it. They took the image and used it. It was kind of like a nod to, we know you're there. We know what you did. (laughs) That would be cool and also scary as hell because there's no telling what happened afterwards. Let alone how they felt like, oh, we're going to get it. Or was it... Oh my god, that's our picture! We took that picture! Oh my god, we're in the movie! But, um... But yeah, this is just... uh, Um, the production met... With about 30 different writers... For this movie. And they all passed. As most of them felt that Iron Man was a relatively obscure character in the Marvel Universes. Come on. Obscure? Out of all the things we've done between the time of movies and when that movie came out, that was obscure? Whatever. They were also a bit nervous about working for an untried studio better known for producing comics than movies. Okay. When the first Hulk movie came out, I would agree with that because that was that was bad. The one with him meeting his father and the bulldogs and this, that was just bad. Come at me if you want. I don't care. That was just one of the worst. They got better since then, but that was the worst one. Um, but yeah. Even the rewrites of the script led to so many refusals of writers. And there, during the part where um, Pepper Potts is putting the new uh, reactor into Tony's chest... That was a fake chest, of course, on top of Tony's chest, and he had his head stuck out. It was kind of like a magic trick, you know, and they had a special light underneath to make sure there was no cracks, no crevices or whatever, so you couldn't see any gaps. 
That was a freaking awesome trick. I was... I thought it was all CGI or whatever, but it was just an extra... Uh, mm. uh, Stan Winston Studio, God rest his soul, made an animatronic puppet ironmonger. Okay. I'm pretty sure ironmonger was Jeff Bridges' suit. If I'm wrong, let me know in the Instagram comments. Okay. That was 10 feet tall and weighed 800 pounds and required five operators. That's one of the biggest puppets to this day. Back in the day, back in the 80s, the biggest puppet that Jim Henson ever made back then was the who goes there guard in labyrinth the one that was at, made from the door that was the biggest puppet he'd ever made back then he did a whole lot more since then but that was yeah that's one of the biggest puppets that was just weird um Rachel McAdams everyone knows her beautiful woman mm. anyway she was the director's first choice for Pepper Potts, which I can see. I can see her playing Pepper Potts. I think Gwyneth Paltrow did a really, really good job. They had good chemistry and everything for someone that couldn't keep up with Tony, with Robert, but still. And that made it even more believable of, this, of the chemistry. But she turned it down. How can you turn down a role to be in an Iron Man movie? To be in a Marvel movie. I don't say First, new, second, whatever. But of course she came back to the Marvel Universe for the Doctor Strange movie. So she learned quickly. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow based her performance on 1940 heroines female heroes which she claimed were sexy witty and innocent all at once pretty true yeah she did a good job I thought I thought it was really sneaky how she did the got the information from Jeff Bridges character um the Iron Man Mark 1 Weighed 90 pounds. Nope. Just nope and right. I'm a scrawny little dude. Okay. Now I know that uh, Robert Downey Jr. When he got the part. He learned. Uh, I want to say Taekwondo. And had a morning regiment of hours of just exercise. Lifting weights powering on and and that kind of stuff to to be able to be Iron Man fight Iron fight and limber and all that fun stuff so but I don't think he was ready for that 90 pounds oh my gosh uh, Clive Owen and Sam Rockwell are among the actors thought of to play Iron Man 
I I'm not sure who Clive Owen is off the top of my head but Rockwell no no he would have been compared to Robert no Clive would have made him seem more like a car salesman and there's proof of that because Clive uh, because Rockwell played Rockwell played his rival Justin Hammer in part two and he made him sound like a car salesman so yeah I can if that's how he was playing that part a greedy little thing then yeah I can just imagine how he would have been as Iron Man plus he doesn't have the body for Iron Man he was still scrawny he was scrawny Iron Man was a muscular dude you don't you know that's like when Tim Burton was trying to do a Superman movie and he Superman lives back in the 90s early 90s luckily it did not happen but he had Nicolas Cage lined up and already in the suit that is a scary image I've seen pictures of it on Google Google it but it's true he was going to do a Tim Burton was going to direct a Superman movie and he had Nicolas Cage playing Superman with long hair no not no 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 Speaking of Stan Winston, back when we were talking about the puppetry, this was Stan Winston's first movie he completed before he died. If you're going to go about, go with the bang, you know? Now, this information I have for you is... I could see this. I could really see this. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman was considered for the role of Tony Stark. After just knowing the move, just seeing the movies I've seen him in, let alone The Greatest Showman, I think, yeah, I think he would have done an awesome job. So, yeah, him and Robert Downey are the ones to play that part. And, um, in 1990, Quentin Tarantino. Oh my God. Quentin Tarantino was approached to write and direct the film. Can you just imagine how that movie would have been? It would have been confusing as heck. More than it already was in some parts, but it would have been confusing because he would have had so many backdrop, uh, back uh, flashbacks and stuff like that. And weirder music and just no I've seen Reservoir Dogs I've seen Kill Bill I've seen Pulp Fiction no I love those movies but not an Iron Man movie I do not see that I just, I'm sorry I don't you can come at me if you want I don't care it's, that's my opinion Um. later Josh Whedon uh, was in talks in 2001 and then in 2004 Nick Kasovitz was hired to direct and finally John the person that got the part was hired to direct 
in April of 2006. And one second, when did this come out? I'm still here, guys. I'm looking at something real quick. Can you see? But yeah, I mean, it was just weird. It would be such a weird movie if that happened. If in, if the movie came out in 2008, and the guy who directed it and and Happy got the part, got the job in 2006. And I know it takes about a year or two to do, to do a movie, let alone all that CGI. It took them six years just to do Shrek. And we'll talk about Shrek on another time too, because I got information about that too. But... Oh. Um... Can't think of his name. The guy that was um, working for Shield was trying to, you know, debrief him this whole time about what happened and about his suit and whatever. That dude was supposed to have a smaller part than he did. He originally had a very small part. And after seeing how he did, the guy that got the part of the S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, how he did and everything else, they went back and rewrote it and gave him more more lines and a bigger part and, and put him in more movies. And he actually had a name because originally he was just called the agent. He didn't have a name. But Iron Man 1 has a lot of good memories with me. Me and my dad went and saw it. One of the last few movies we saw together before its passing. Um... saw Avengers 3 about six times in theaters it was the one it was the first movie I ever saw more than once in the theaters yep that and Alice Alice in Wonderland the Tim Burton version I saw that about three times I went by myself I went with some friends which is how I met my now wife and um then I went with a friend of mine but I just love movies I'm a nerd and me and my wife have been doing uh, me and Gypsy have been doing uh, conventions lately and we'll talk more about them if you want but um, if you listen to this podcast I really do appreciate it uh, we have a, like we've said, 
we have a an Instagram nerd life podcast nerd underscore life underscore podcast I'm pretty sure and um, it's just great Nah, that's wrong. It's Nerd Life One Word underscore podcast. That's what it is. Um, follow us, and you'll see me and a cosplayer I met named Bastille the Butler. Uh, he's a fox person with a skull for a face. He's an awesome guy. I met him at a con recently, and that's the profile picture if you're not already following us. Um, and tell us what you want to hear about. Um, and I'm still learning this stuff of podcasts and how to talk and whatever. I know how to talk, don't get me wrong. It just. But, yeah. I think the next one. I'm not, I'm not going to say what the next one is because I could change my mind and it could take another while. I don't know. I never know with the world. But I appreciate y'all listening to this one and being a part of this journey. And we will... I do plan on doing some about conventions and hopefully getting interviews with some cosplayer friends of mine and stuff like that. So... But hit me up on Instagram. Follow us and... Send me a message of that you're listening and what you would like to to talk about, and how what would you like me to do to improve the podcast. So thank y'all. Have a great week. Happy Halloween and good day, good evening, good night.